So hey, I, um, I know, Pastor, you just prayed, but I just want to pray too before I deliver the word. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for um, the privilege of being able to come into your house. Thank you. thank you, God, for open hearts, open ears that would receive today. I pray, Lord, that I'm able to deliver this message the way you've shown it to me throughout this whole week. In Jesus' name, amen. This Thursday, November 25th, once again, our nation will celebrate Thanksgiving Day. October 3rd, 1863, President Abraham Lincoln, expressing gratitude for a pivotal Union Army victory at Gettysburg, announced Thanksgiving Day would be celebrated as a nation on the fourth Thursday of November. And with that in mind, Today, I would like to see and dig into the scriptures a little bit and see what the scriptures say about Thanksgiving. I also want to say that, you know, every single time um, that I get into the Word, spend time in the Word, start learning, I realize the more that I learn, and this is nothing new, I know you've heard it from this pulpit before, the more I learn, the less I realize that what I really know. But the opposite is true too. Because if you're not willing to teach yourself, if you're not willing to get into the Word, those are usually the ones that say they know everything. So there's opposites to everything. There's love, there's hate, there's thankfulness, and there's unthankfulness. So today I'm going to go in both directions. We'll not only be looking at the scriptures to see what they say about thanks, but also to see how Jesus himself viewed thankfulness. And I'm going to begin in the Gospel of Luke 17, 11 through 19. It's the story of 10 lepers that were cleansed. I've read through this scripture many, many times. I run it over in my head many times. And it is just amazing to me to see the difference of uh, thankfulness and unthankfulness, really. Here's how it goes. When he, is talking about Jesus, was on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, ten men with leprosy who stood at a distance met him. And they raised their voices saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they were going, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he had been healed, turned back, glorifying God with a loud voice, and he fell on his face at his feet, giving thanks to him. And he was a Samaritan. But Jesus responded and said, Were there not ten cleansed? But the nine, where are they? Was no one found who returned to give glory to God, except this foreigner? And he said to him, Stand and go. Your faith has made you well. 
So I guess if somebody walked up to you and asked you to maybe let me know what, what actually happened in the healing of the 10 lepers, you could probably summarize it by saying, or you might summarize it by saying, well, it's a story of 10 men that had leprosy. And they came to Jesus crying out to him, and Jesus healed them, but one man came back and thanked him for it. But that's not exactly what I see here. I think it's a little bit different. Where's, where's Han? Han, can you do me a favor? Just come up, run up here for a second. So uh, just stand right over there a little bit, okay? So I'm going to be the leper here, and of course Han is going to be Jesus, all right? <laughs> so I'm the leper. I've just been cleansed. I've just been healed. I'm walking, and I come up to you, and I go, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm cleansed. Thank you, God. I'm so thankful for this. But that wouldn't be totally inaccurate, or actually it would be. Because the Bible says that he came raising his hands with a loud voice, glorifying God, saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. My body gets cleansed. Thank you so much. And then it says he fell on his face at his feet and said, my God, I'm so thankful. All right, that's good, huh? All right. All right. So this was not just an expression of outward thanks. And Jesus could feel the inward gratification of this leper. You see, this, all ten lepers were cleansed. And the one leper wanted more than just the outward healing. The other nine, I'm sure they had gratitude. I'm sure they were thankful. However, they were thankful to be healed of the leprosy and go back and get on with their lives. Show themselves to the priest and get on with their lives and do whatever they were doing before they had the leprosy. Not only, now listen to this. He then says, Jesus, your faith has made you well. The phrase has made you well in Greek, Kristen, help me out here, is sozo, meaning saved you. So if we read that scripture again, Jesus says, stand up and go. Your faith has saved you. This man came back for something more than just a healing. And Jesus gave it to him. He wanted more than just an outward physical healing. He wanted a spiritual healing as well. And it all began with him coming back to Jesus with a spirit of thanksgiving in his heart. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, it reads, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Outside 
of any personal sin that we may have. There's no exceptions for giving thanks. In everything in life that occurs, this is not a casual thanks. Like I displayed the leper coming up and just shaking Jesus' hands. No, it's not a casual thanks. But it's an inward thanks to God. A heartfelt thanks, one that the Lord will understand. It should be basic for us as Christians to thank God in everything. It should be a part of our makeup and a part of our DNA. Philippians 4, 6 and 7 says, Be anxious of nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now we're going to make a little U-turn here. And we're going to go to Romans 1, 18 through 21. And this is what we read. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. And we're talking about the unrighteous here. And unrighteous of people who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which is known about God is evident within them. For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived, being understood by what he had made, has made, so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks. But they became futile in their reasoning and their senseless hearts were darkened. And if we read on, we'll see all of the sin that their darkened hearts gave into, beginning with suppressing the truth and thanklessness to God. There really is no reason for the unsaved to give thanks. They believe in luck or happenstance, and even if they give thanks, I mean, I don't know, it's pretty shallow most of the times. They believe things happen because they were destined to happen. People also believe that they can control their own lives. And anything good that happens, they made it happen. So why would they thank God? What did he have to do with anything? The world is made up of thankless people. And simply put, unregenerate people do not thank God. When a person becomes a Christian, it's characteristic of that person to thank God for everything. They have a heart of thanks that cries out to God. Just like the leper when he came back. For a Christian to not be thankful is not normal. But it is possible. It is possible. And that's why throughout the New Testament, we have scripture constantly reminding us to be thankful. 
Romans 8, verse 28. I know, Pastor, you went there last week. Reads like this. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. This covers every issue of life. It may not be a good thing, but God will take a bad thing and turn it good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. If you live believing God is at work, sovereignly controlling all the circumstances of your life to lead your, you to good, you can handle anything in life because you know it fits into the plan of God for your life. This is truly a scripture to be thankful for. We can be thankful for any process that is less than good in our life. Any process that is less than joyful. At times I know we all fail to be thankful. The culture that we live in, the culture that surrounds us, makes it easy for us to fall into a thankless attitude. Because so much is available to us. No matter what we have, we could have more. And it just breeds the inattitude, an attitude of thanklessness. Let's face it. This culture, in this culture, we need to be reminded more and more about thankfulness. In Ephesians 5, verse 3, it reads this. But sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you, as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness or foolish talk or vulgar joking, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. Christians should be known by their thanksgiving to God. Again in Ephesians 5, 18 to 21, it reads this. And do not get drunk with wine in which there is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, in hymns, in spiritual song, singing and making melody with your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and to our God and Father and subject yourselves to one another in the fear of Christ. A spirit-filled believer is a joyful, prayerful, thankful person. In Colossians 3, 15 through 17, here's what it reads, and three times thankfulness is mentioned. Let the peace of Christ, to which you were indeed called in one body, Rule in your hearts and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you. With all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. 
Whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. This should be the pattern and character of our life. Again, in 1 Thessalonians, I read this earlier, 5, 16 through 18. It says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. This is God's will for our lives. These three commands should be a gauge to test our hearts. In 2 Corinthians 13.5, it says, Examine yourselves to see if you are in the faith. It's really not your church attendance your ministry, your giving, or the Bible study you attend. No, these are all outward appearances, and there's nothing wrong with any of those. Right, Pastor? <laughs> there's nothing wrong with any of those. But these are all fruits from the inward depths of our heart and our spirit that come out. We need to go deeper than that. Do I rejoice, pray, and give thanks in everything? These three attributes of the heart come out from the inside. This is God's will for believers in Christ. This is a biblical mandate placed on us. I wish it were true all the time for me, but it's not. So, okay, everyone can relax now. So the question becomes, what does hinder and corrupt these three commands? Joy, thanks, and prayer from our lives. Well, number one, doubt. Doubt about God. If you doubt the truth of his word, or you doubt the sovereign plan he has for your life, you may begin to doubt if his death on the cross was good enough to pay for all my sins. Was it good enough? Maybe you begin to question God's timing in your life. This would make it very difficult to be thankful. Number two, selfishness. Not being content with the way your life is going. You want everything the way you want it? and you're not happy with what you have, you're not happy with the way God's doing things in your life, you start becoming discontent, and it hinders thankfulness in your heart. Number three, worldliness. Love of the world. Love of possessions. Achievements. Places and popularity. When this all becomes an idol for you to achieve, you lose touch with the biblical truth. Impatience. 
God's not working according to my clock. I don't understand why I had to go through that situation for eight years. If I would have known now, or known back then what I know now, I would have been able to lead my neighbor to the Lord. I would have been able to lead a family member that I had to the Lord before they went home. This is impatience. God's not working according to your clock. You want instant results? Boy, do we live in a world that wants instant results and instant gratification. And it's not getting any better. This will destroy any gratitude that you have inside of you. Number five, apathy. Becoming cold to your surroundings. You're sitting in church. People on the left of you, people on the right of you, they're going through a hard time. They need prayer. They need a word of encouragement. And you're busy about your own life. You're losing touch with what's actually around you. You have lack of prayer in your life. There's no urgency or desire to study the word. This steals thanksgiving from our hearts just like that. We must give thanks in everything and guard ourselves from becoming, becoming distant to God's plan for our life. Stay in the word. Value those relationships in, at work, your neighbors, your church family. You can build on those. Everybody needs a word of encouragement. Everybody could use prayer. That's what we're called to do as Christians. We're called to be a light in the world. And this world makes it more and more difficult to be able to do that. That's why we need to stay focused on God's plan for our life. And when we do, when we stay focused, God is glorified, people get saved. And the church of Christ grows. In Psalm 9, verse 1, I will give thanks to the Lord with all my heart, and I will tell of your wonders. Psalm 100, verse 4, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. And bless his name. Psalm 86, verse 12. I will give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and will glorify your name forever. Finally, I want to close with this. Christians are commanded to give thanksgiving. Yes, it must be part of our character and part of our DNA. This Thursday, as you gather with your families, friends, neighbors, distant family members, we're called to do that. People should see and say, wow, what a joyful person. What a joyful 
thankful person that Nanette is, that Alex is, and that Tony is, and Pam. How, what is this? But this is what we need to be known as Christians for. Before the feeding, well, let me back up and say this. Jesus also practiced this virtue many times throughout Scripture. Before the feeding of the 5,000, he gave thanks. Before raising Lazarus from the dead, he gave thanks to the Father. When he turned the water into wine at the wedding feast, he gave thanks to the Father. Jesus gave thanks throughout the scriptures. And at the Last Supper, when he knew his betrayer was present and he was about to suffer the most brutal, inhumane death known to man in exchange for our sin, he offered up the wine and bread representing his body and blood and he gave thanks. Amen. Amen. I hope you guys got something out of the word this morning. Thank you. Um, I think I'm going to take the offering. Okay? So, um, here at Christ Nation, we have an opportunity to worship our Lord in giving. I did pull out a, a couple of scriptures here, if you wouldn't mind. I want to read it. In the meantime, um, you could refer to the screen behind me. And um, there's three methods. I, I guess there's three. Yeah, you can text the give button. Um, there's a bucket in the back. Um, if you're in person, um, the envelopes are in front of you. And uh, you can drop uh, your giving in the bucket on your way out. If you're visiting with us for the first time, Please feel no pressure, but just give twice as much the second time. <laughs> In 2 Corinthians 9, 10 and 11, this is how it reads. Now he supplies who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. And in verse 11, it says, you will be enriched in everything. For all liberality, which through us is producing thanksgiving to God. A Christian's willingness to give allows us to participate in what God is doing. What a privilege that we get to help the maker of this world, the savior of this world, build his kingdom. Amen.